Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Team Building Podcast. We're doing a short reminiscing episode. It's just me and Jeff here, the man, the myth, the legend himself. And we're talking a little bit about some of his adventures while speaking, some of which I've been fortunate to be on together. So if you're interested in the world of, uh, of going out, speaking to other agents, uh, this is going to be a fun little insight. Or if you just like elite real estate systems and you're kind of fascinated by, by how it got to be where it is and where the podcast got to be where it is, you'll enjoy this episode too. So Jeff, officially yeah. welcome. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Uh, I know we just came off recording another episode and we did announce in that episode that ERS just hit its five year mark. Uh, we've assisted thousands of team leaders and individual agents, thought leaders and broker owners in their business and in their scalability. One thing I found as a commonality amongst all leaders is that they're put in positions where they have to speak. And there's lots of different organizations that can help you get better if you're scared of the stage. Believe it or not, I was scared of the stage. And I think a lot of even extroverts, successful people will admit that until they've done it enough, there's a, there's some apprehension. And so Matt Johnson was actually there with me. He was my co-pilot in some of my first speaking engagements. And so we were thinking about a fun little quick episode we could create. And I just wanted to share with you guys my first experiences um, of having to go on in front of a stage of people that didn't know me. My biggest fear is the fact that I'm somewhat narcissistic. I think I'm really great and have all this great content. And I want to make sure the audience gets that content. And my greatest fear is that I'll leave the stage and everyone on there will think the opposite. He's not great. He wasn't able to give me good content. And that was a complete waste of my time. And so I think my motivation was good to care about the message actually landing. Um, that was my greatest fear is that it wouldn't. So my very first time ever speaking, I was invited by Rock Thomas to go up to Montreal and they had this, uh, I think it was Street Smart Millionaire event and I had met Rock through GoBundance. And of course I had spoken in front of my team and my brokerage and a couple other things, but never an event this big. I think there were about 500 people that attended this particular event. And Matt Johnson and I were rooming together. This is back in the day where like, we wanted to even save money on the hotel room. So we're like, got two beds and uh, we're in the room and I have a stack of, of note cards. He had said, make some bullets. So of course I have like 27 note cards and I have written out my whole speech, there's no bullets. It's, hello, everyone. How are you today? <laughs> right? And Matt, Matt takes them, and it's cliche, but he, he literally throws them in the garbage. He's like, dude, one note card, five bullets. And I'm like, what? How am I going to do that? He goes, you've got it. Just make sure your bullets are good, and it'll help you remember a 10-minute story. And I was like, all right, let's go for it. And it, I, I don't know if I did great. People said I did a good job. It was my first time. I'm now hundreds of stages later. Um, but it all started with that. And I loved the mindset of like, you don't need, you shouldn't know the words. I don't show up to podcasts knowing the words. Even when you just asked me this question and we're on this podcast now, none of this is planned. I didn't think about it in the hot tub this morning. This is just coming out of my brain. And so it should be the same. That authenticity is what people look for. They want to see you make mistakes. Um, I was on a stage last week or two weeks ago at Boomtown Unite. And I, my, my head went blank. I was like out of body experience. I'm like, I'm in front of 150 people. I just blanked out. What am I going to do? And I said, hey, is there any water up here? And I looked behind me, and there's sure enough, like five water bottles. So I was like, one second, I need a drink. My mouth's dry. The truth was, I blanked out. Like I had forgotten where I was, the sequencing, and that had never happened to me before. Hmm. And so instead of like panicking, like literally I was at a moment where like, am I just going like, to walk off the stage and that, that's it? That was my presentation. <laughs> I took a drink of water, took a deep breath, and said, Jeff, get your stuff together. Let's go. And 
one of the challenges for speakers is a lot of times you're getting into a city, you're up super late hanging out with people, or you're getting in on a red eye and you're super tired and have to speak and you didn't get a lot of sleep the night before. So a few little hacks that I have that I'll share with the uh, listeners. And then Matt, I'd love to get your advice on this as well as some of the things you can do to best prepare for speaking. One is knowing your audience and the challenges they have. That's an easy one. You can ask people beforehand yeah. if you have the ability to email them or ask them at the event, Hey, what are you guys looking for in my speech today? And if, when you get good enough, you can pivot and change your speech based on what the audience tells you that they need. Um, number two would be watching their reaction, making sure people have eye contact with you and aren't on their phones and their strategy. You can look it up online, watch YouTube videos, but if they are on their phones or they don't seem engaged, there's some strategies of getting the audience to stand, getting them to clap, getting them to say things uh, to get them to re-engage with you. Three is don't change your morning routine. So if you like to get up at six and work out, you like to sit in a steam room, you like to drink a pre-workout or coffee or whatever, do all of that the day you speak. You don't want to change that up. And a quick, funny story. Uh, Matt was also with me in Seattle and I was speaking at Patrick Lilly's event. And this is banned back in like what, 15 or 16. And it was, was it um, Real Estate Success Real, Rocks? Real Estate no, Success Rocks. Is that it? Real Estate yeah. Success Rocks? It used to be something, uh, they used to be another organization. Which there, I there's an organization bad. called Star Power with Howard Britton. Okay. And a lot, of the, a lot of the people moved over and Patrick Lilly revived that community. He had an amazing event, 500 people. So what do we want to do? We get to Seattle. We have like five hours to kill. And I'm like, well, let's go. Uh, let's go get like some food down at the Pike's fish market. And I look it up on Yelp and I find like the number one place for clam chowder. And I eat a ginormous bowl of clam chowder. No problem, except for the fact that I'm more lactose intolerant than most people. I know that about myself, but I just wasn't worrying about it because normally, you know, I'm in a position where I can take care of something if I'm not feeling well. So it's about two minutes before I go on stage and my stomach is a roller coaster, tumble, tumble, tumble. And I'm like, because of the nerves, obviously. Yeah. And I think to myself right then, don't change your, your routine. That's kind of why I shared that as a strategy. Yeah. I never would eat a big bowl of clam chowder before jumping on a podcast or getting ready to go work like on a normal day. Right. And uh, it, it was not good. So I actually have advice. Don't eat before you speak. Like if you're going to be speaking like before 11 or noon, or if you do eat, eat a very little amount so that your stomach's not upset. And then just having fun, like people take themselves too seriously because we do care that the audience enjoys the message, but the audience will enjoy it the most. If you're authentic, you're fun, you're willing to laugh, you're willing to make fun of yourself, tell stories yeah. that aren't just about brag. Like no one wants to hear your successes. They already know about your successes. They want to hear about your failures and have you share funny failure stories. And so sometimes I'll show up and I'll play like a video, like me slipping on my hot tub deck or uh, spilling something or just some stupid thing that I did where I was embarrassed about it. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I think the only thing I would add to that, because I don't do as much public speaking, especially anymore, I've, uh, I've become, I've embraced even more so my, my natural introverted self. But I will say this. Um, so I've read a lot of Dan Kennedy. He's been extremely influential. And Dan Kennedy is a natural introvert and kind of a curmudgeon, honestly. But he, but he spent 10 years on the biggest speaking circuit at the time with you know, General Schwarzkopf and Zig Ziglar and all these guys. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I, I've taken his advice, which is, like set your boundaries and don't get talked into doing things that don't fit your personality just because it's part of the speaking schedule. Like you show up, like you do whatever it takes so that you deliver the best performance during the speaking engagement. Don't allow yourself to get sucked into all the stuff that comes before and after to the point where you can't give a good talk. Uh, if that means you need to stay in your hotel room, you know, rather than mingling, before you speak, then do it. If that means you, uh, if that means you want to get out and mingle before you, because that gets you in the zone, great, whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, especially like Jeff, you and I are different in the sense that you're a pretty big in-person extrovert. I'm an, I'm an in-person introvert. We can come across the same way on video together. We can both be high energy, but you're probably better equipped to just 
roll off an airplane, spend two hours talking to people and then go right up on stage. Like I absolutely have to like separate that. That did not suck my energy. That gave me energy hundred percent. And the other thing I'll say is I think it is a strategy, even as an introvert to roll around the room and handshake and say hello. Cause my big fear when I'm up on stage is like, these people aren't going to like me or they're not going to think my message is good. I don't know them like in front of my team. If you think right now, I'm a great speaker, go speak in front of a hundred people that you think don't like you. Right. Go to a competing brokerage that's invited you to speak or go in front of an environment. I mean, I've been in multiple environments where I'm like, I'm not sure all these people are my fans. And that's okay because I have the opportunity to win hearts and minds. But don't change your message as well. Like another piece of my advice would be don't be someone you're not. Sometimes people don't know who they are yet. And so they'll steal someone else's stage persona. And one of the biggest things I've learned is that you need to just be your true self. Stand still. Lock your feet on the ground. Don't walk around. Don't move your hands too much and just own the stage, own your presence and give great content, uh, do it in a fun manner and your audience is gonna love it. You'll separate yourself just by the way you carry yourself. Not, it's not as much the words you say, but the way you say the words. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, so for everything related, since we don't have time to do a big long call to action, EliteRealEstateSystems.com. So all the details there on in-person workshops, on the coaching product itself and all the fun stuff. We don't have time, we wanted to do an episode on, man, there's the certified advisor program, there's investor training, there's like, there's so much stuff going on um, all around building ancillary services, you know, dealing with lower commission rates, like all this stuff that's going on. Just go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com for the details on events and coaching, and then stay up with the podcast because that'll tell you the latest. Is there anything you'd want to leave with the audience? I just leave when you get invited, just go do it. Um, Eventually you'll learn how to monetize. You'll learn how to, how it benefits you in the beginning. And when I say beginning the first five years of opportunities of speaking and sharing content, getting on podcasts and doing webinars and doing vlogs, blogs, all these other things. I didn't do any of it thinking I'm going to get paid. I did all of it thinking I'm going to give, I'm going to contribute. I want to help build, build help, help build healthy teams and help other people scale and the results have been things I never dreamed of. I never knew we'd be here. I, you know, you can't know where you're going, but I do know that by putting myself in those situations, it's made me a stronger person, of course, a stronger speaker, a better leader, but it's made me better in other areas that I didn't maybe foresee. Um, the relationships as well that you're able to build when you're the speaker, you're the subject matter expert. Everyone in the audience wants to talk to you when you come off of a stage, independent of how successful you are. And so now you get to pe- pick the people in the audience you want more time from, and you can ask them to lunch, ask them to drinks, hang out with them. And that to me is where you, get, you gain the greatest learning opportunities. Um, I did want to say one more comment, Matt, and I, I extended the thing we have after this, so we're good on time for a couple more minutes. Um, there was a point I wanted to make before and um, on the last podcast we recorded, so I'll bring everyone up to speed quickly, and it's about learning. And pertaining to learning, we always need to know what we need to learn. So having the self-awareness to, when you go pick up a book, listen to a podcast, or go listen to someone speak at an event, ask yourself going into the event, what are the two or three things you need to learn based on your business today, based on the challenges you have today? The problem is you can't solve all problems today. Got to pick a couple and then fix them and then move on to the next couple. And the thing that's so fascinating about this, this, this actually really hit home for me listening to podcasts. My leadership team of four people split up. Um, we did Pat Hyben's podcast, Toby Salgado and Josh Smith. And we got all, we were listening to four podcasts a week and each of us would take one and we'd come together every week for 15 minutes, every Monday morning. And we'd talk about what the podcast and what new things we learned. After 12 months and a, you know, 200 episodes later, we would go around the room and say, was there anything new? And we started to find it just regurgitation, same stuff said a different way, really nothing new. 
And same thing applied to me when I started traveling the country, learning from other teams and brokerages of, of how to deal with different challenges I had in my business. We'd go to a broker and say, hey, we need help with recruiting. We need help with lead gen. We need help with lead conversion. And then we'd go to five or six brokerages and we'd solve that problem and it would create new problems and we'd solve that problem. And it got to a point where we did it so much that nobody else could solve our problems. Yep. And that's the yep. point, Matt, we were talking about on the last podcast, which you guys didn't listen to it, go jump over and listen. But we were talking about how people today, when they graduate college, they don't know how to learn and they don't like to take risk. And so they never evolve. They just kind of get stuck in a rut. And I think a lot of people even listening to the podcast today might feel the same. The only way you can progress is to identify your problems, be willing to make the changes necessary and track the changes to make sure that those changes actually exuded better results. And you're going to be constantly battling that. You're going to be constantly changing, learning and adapting and more so over the next 10 years than any other 10 year period in history, if you're going to survive. But the opportunities over the next 10 years are going to be the best that we've ever seen in history. So 500 billionaires, Dana said it, um, and that was on the end of the last podcast, but 500 new billionaires have been created in the last 12 months. And there's a total of about 2,700 billionaires today. I would guess over the next 10 years, there's gonna be 30,000 billionaires. I mean, I bet it just explodes exponentially because of inflation and because of a lot of other factors. So this was a fun one. I was going to say, you could, you could be a billionaire right now. I hear Zimbabwe is lovely this time of year. They're just coming out of the, uh, the wintry season. It's getting warmer there. Yeah, it's going to be good. We were in uh, we went to South Africa, hit Zimbabwe and Zambia, and mm -hmm. they sell trillion dollar bills that used to be literal bills in, tran in whatever, used on the street. Mm -hmm. trillion dollar bills. So my son, of course, had to have a whole stack. He came home and gave away trillion dollar bills to his friends. But people <laughs> had $50,000 US in a bank account. And the very next day, that's worth a trillion dollars there. That's, that's right. Like a dollar US. I mean, it's, it's nuts. And that's inflation, that's ladies and gentlemen. So exactly. Exactly. Getting there. a little taste of it right now. Buy All right, Jeff. Bitcoin. That's right. Exactly. All right, guys, this has been super fun. Make sure to go and leave a five-star rating and review for the podcast. Just flip open your Apple podcast app, click on write a review, and you can do it right from your phone. That's the easiest and best way to do it. Make sure if, you, if there was a particular guest that you really like, make sure to give them a shout out. Uh, that way they feel special because obviously we had a lot of amazing guests over the years, and that's a big part of why the show has been successful. So they're doing their part. Um, and I just want to thank the listeners. Uh, this has been an amazing last five or six years that Jeff and I have gotten to hang out together and do fun stuff like what we reminisced about today. Um, none of that would have been possible if people didn't listen to the show. So the bottom line is like, it's like you guys, everybody that listens and tells other people about the show and comes to the events and does the, the coaching and stuff like you're the reason we get to have fun like this and, and yep. shoot, shoot the shit and talk you're, about you're the reason we're here. I mean, if Matt and I, if it was just Matt and I, we probably wouldn't be doing this. So that's right. It's people I mean, we get tired of each other eventually. It'd take a while, but we get tired of each other eventually. <laughs> so yeah, I, I parrot that, Matt. Thanks for calling that out. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to tune into the next one. We'll see you then.